Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. And welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. I'm stoked to have you guys here today. I have someone special, she's special to me anyway, who is a member of the Recalls program, but also kind of turned into a close friend slash client combo in the last couple months, which has been really special and really nice. And we've kind of gone on this health journey over the last couple months but I feel like so many other things have pulled into it unexpectedly and I've learned a lot from Shao and I really want to share that with you guys today and through this episode so it's not just about her health stuff but also like we're just chatting about before this podcast change mm-hmm. what change can look like in your life so Shao thank you so much for being here today Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's nice to actually record one of our chats because I think about it sometimes and like even like prior to this podcast, I have all these conversations with these women mm. every day and we're not we're not sharing a lot of them obviously because there's personal elements to it, but we relate to each other so well and then I think of yeah. all the women who I have similar conversations with and I'm like, we're having the same conversations but these women aren't always connecting like you feel like you're quite a lot. I feel like I'm quite isolated sometimes and, and I'm still having a lot of conversations with people like connection is hard to find. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I 100% remote work. So for me, it's even more, um, as I'm sure you understand, having that in-person connection is quite challenging um, working under those conditions. But that's what I really love about your program, how you kind of set it up as a community. And it's not just, I work with the individual clients, obviously you work with us one-on-one, but just creating that community for the women to also be able to collaborate and chat to each other about what's going on and jump in and um, share experiences, which I think is one of my favorite things to do. You know, it's kind of like a women's circle going back to, you know, how you would work um, in the ancestral days where we would get together that just that sense of community, which um, I think is really, really important. And um, it it also helps with kind of the confidence element, because I know when you start on, on a new journey, um, well, my experience at least has been is it can be quite daunting. I think back <laughs> to December <laughs> last year when I started with you, I was like, yep, I'm going to come in. This woman is going to solve all my problems. She's going to do it all for me. And, you know, it, it was like there's so much to learn. There's so much information that um, uh, you obviously have in that amazing brain of yours, which you you share with us. And to be able to um, have that uh, collated in the way that you've done it through the root cause program, I think is really, really amazing and enabling us to, you know, those that have been in the program longer can jump in and support those that have just come in and are experiencing the overwhelm. I think, I think that's really, um, where that community value really, really lies. 
I thought that the other week when we had a call with Courtney and it was mainly you, me, Courtney chatting, but I thought this is really cool because the three of us are so different. We're obviously very different people still, but we had that shared interest. But it was interesting and same with Gemma when you have these like aha moments, like someone says something and you're like, yes yes like it's not just me like I relate like I feel like that is like the best feeling in the world yeah exactly exactly and it makes you feel less lonely like I think a lot of times when you're going through struggles especially you know the stuff that I've been through and I'm sure women in the program have been through as well you feel like you're the only one going through it and it can be really disheartening um you know, and I'm sure we'll get into it a bit later. It is a very different experience going to see your GP or a specialist, for example, to um, what happens when we go through your program. And I think that in itself is daunting because you have somebody who's quite um, restrictive in their processes and what they can work with. Um, And I think that's where Oh my god, I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, and I feel like, yeah. That, yeah, there's that change, there's that connection, there's those different bits and pieces going on. But I feel like for you, like you've stepped through so much stuff over the last, well, even like let's say the last year or nine, ten months of working together. But you've had mm-hmm. so many years of health issues, so many years of like. Mm trying to learn and understand your body and battling like the medical system and everything else that's going on. Step us back to what is your health journey be like Mm -hmm. and where, where do you reckon it started? When did you, yeah. Where did this whole thing start? And then how did you get to actually joining my program and what's yeah. Step us through it a little bit. (laughs) Sure. Um, so interesting one, because I actually, uh, had to go through this journey and retrace right back to the start with the last gastroenterologist um, that I went and saw. And originally I thought I was involved in a um, very serious car accident back in 2004. I had to be induced into a coma. I've had multiple internal injuries, a lot of broken bones. Um, And I always thought that that's where the issue started because I had a rupture to my small bowel, which ended up meaning basically from my chest downwards, I wasn't working and I had to have an external stomach and be intravenously fed and all of that. So quite a serious ordeal to go through. Um, and I always thought, okay, that is the the issue, you know, and every time like I've presented since 2004 to now, oh my gosh, I don't even know, maybe 30 to 50 times I've ended up in the ER with just absolutely debilitating pain and nobody could tell me what it was. Um, I've had, you know, surgeons kind of freak out and be like, oh, it's your appendix. Your appendix has burst. We've got to cut you open. Um, oh, sorry. God, the sun went down. Um, and then, and then they get in there and my appendix is completely fine. And they're just like, oh, we'll take it out (laughs) while we're here. So I've been cut open, um, through over the years for them to try and figure out what's going on. And nobody's been able to tell me or give me any, um, idea or causes until I came and saw you like I hadn't even heard the words um SIBO before I I actually came across you um but I don't think that's where the problem started because when I was having a chat with the gastroenterologist um you know constipation is something which you know I feel like you're kind of the queen of queen of good (laughs) poos now um 
So, you know, when I think about constipation, for me, uh, that's from childhood. So I really struggled with it. I had a fear of, this is so TMI, by the way, but I had I had a fear of actually going to doing a bowel movement, which as a child, so I would stop myself and then I wouldn't be able to go and, you know, had the repositories um, that my mum had to you know, put right up in there to get me to go. And it was, it was, it was a big ordeal. And I remember that all through my childhood. So I definitely feel like it's, it was even before the car accident. And then obviously, um, just my eating habits or whatever, going through my teenage years, partying, all of that. And then maybe even after the car accident, um, the way that I, I was living my lifestyle, probably just all compounded. Um, but yeah, for me, constipation is something that I've struggled with ever since I was a child. And it's it's like such a taboo topic and people don't really like to talk yeah. about it. But obviously going through your program and hearing the different stories and seeing, you know, the different women come on and even just talking to a few people that have reached out to me after I've shared my journey on my socials. It's like the one thing that everybody has in common, which I think is just so wild. Yeah, yeah, I totally relate because I had like flipped from seven, eight, nine years of constipation and same thing, like I would never tell anyone back then. Now I don't care, obviously, but back then I was Thanks. like, yeah, it's not something you'd really talk about and you don't want to be that person who's like sitting on the toilet for half an hour trying to have a poo or like feeling constipated and bloated and sore and not like yeah. losing your appetite and just like, all that stuff, it's such an uncomfortable feeling. Were you, out mm -hmm. of interest, were you a C-section baby or vaginal? Vaginal. Yeah, okay, interesting. Because often yeah. like I see in C-section babies because of that low, like no bifido bacteria or anything early on, but it sounds like your microbiome from the get-go was sort of um, undernourished. Yeah, and I think that's where, you know, we were talking before we started recording, like I think about culturally, so my background, um, I'm a quarter Nepalese and Indian. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like I wonder whether my parents were ever taught about, you know, what how to eat and all those types, all those different types of things when my mom was pregnant, you know. So I, I look at what food is given um, <laughs> in my, like, family's household to women growing up and I definitely don't eat that way now I'm obviously not no food is bad but I think there's just understanding about the different things that can trigger different people like we're not we're so complex as human beings and no two people are the same so um yeah just having that understanding and the other really interesting thing is my mum actually struggles with constipation as well and um you know they're on the metamucil and the little like you know the dates and stuff like that that are all sponged together daily so I feel like it's it might also be something that's kind of passed down um so she struggled with it now I struggle with it and I definitely don't want to be passing that down any further yeah, yeah, it's interesting because you're right, mother's microbiome is such a predictor of baby's microbiome and we know from the research low bifidobacter bacteria and low lactobacillus are kind of your key ones for constipation, but then obviously everything around that can impact it as well. But then I feel like like you said you went through these major lifestyle changes, but was that 
was that before the program? You sort of, because obviously um, you said you went through like drinking or partying or doing those kind of things and then you started shifting it because you wanted to look good or start training more or that kind of stuff. Did you start that, like when did you sort of change your lifestyle? Yeah, so um, COVID, (laughs) the catalyst for a lot of change (laughs) in the world. Um, Yeah, I haven't said that word in a bit. Um, But yeah, so uh, another uh, damaging issue that I had through the car accident was my liver actually got cut open. Um, But I was really lucky the way that it got cut that, you know, the liver is self-healing organ. So it was able to repair itself and they just had to monitor it. Um, so I had to have a full body blood transfusion. I don't know if all of this stuff could have played into it. Um, but for me, it was COVID, right? So COVID happened, lockdown. Oh, okay, I can't go out and carry on like I, I used to <laughs> um, anymore. I have to stay at home. And so I started um, doing kind of like it was called a bikini body program, but it was really high intensity cardio style of workout. So I started doing that and I did that for quite a few months um, and finished the program. And look, I saw, uh, I didn't really know much about nutrition, really didn't know anything about training and exercise, let alone form. I just approached it, did it. I lost quite a lot of weight really, really fast, but then I started plateauing, which I know is to be expected looking at the way that I was nourishing myself as well. So For me, I never understood the concept of whole foods, what processed foods were. I never understood how to read a nutrition label properly and understand what is in the food that could be triggering me, which is now obviously all stuff that I that I do know and I structure the way that I eat around that. So I had I think that first year would have been just that initial starting to feel my way around making these lifestyle changes. And then I went to a birthday party and one of, uh, I met this girl there who was actually doing um, strength training. So bodybuilding style strength training. She started telling me about what she was doing. And obviously my interest had already been peaked in fitness. So I got the details from her, reached out to the coaches and got myself signed up, assigned to a coach. I worked with this coach for about a year. Um, again, amazing gains, but oh my goodness, I was so stressed out. Um, you know, they really train comp competitors for bodybuilding and it was definitely not something that I was really prepared for. I had no idea what I was going into. Um, so it was a massive adjustment. I saw amazing gains. I think I learned a lot through that experience, um, but it was not that great for my mental health. So, um, and the nutrition side of it was quite interesting as well, because I think everybody focuses so much on calories and macros, but that's where it stops. Like I didn't understand the difference. So how different carbs affect you as well, right? So for example, if I'm eating whole food carbs, I was struggling with getting my carbs and I'd be told, oh, have a goal, have a bowl of Cocoa Pops mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, just to hit your, your carb your macro targets, yeah. which obviously is the worst thing you can do before bed. Um, I know that now. Uh, so that's kind of where I was year two, I would say maybe into my journey. Um, and then I started, I ended up in hospital again uh, and it was quite a significant attack that I had. Um, so I actually had to get an ambulance because I could not walk. I was just in crippling pain. 
Um, and my husband, bless his heart, was freaking out and no idea what to do, called an ambulance and it was still during the COVID period. So he couldn't come with me. So I had to go to the ambulance, be in hospital for about a week. Um, and they just kind of put it down to the scar tissue from my small bowel injury, um, just causing a blockage. So I got told that I had to eat low fiber um, diet and that's kind of just how I had to live my life going forward. And then I found you. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And I, that's kind of in a nutshell. I mean, obviously there's there's a lot that you go through for me. Um just the emotional and mental aspect of living with with pain like that. And obviously, you know, day to day I would look like a completely fine and functioning person. So when I'm telling people that I'm having these experiences, like it might it would be a total complete disconnect looking at me as a fully functioning, healthy looking person but really I'm struggling with all of this stuff in the background. And the only person that really saw the struggles that I went through was my husband, obviously, because he sees me day in, day out all the time. Right. In all conditions. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been tough. God, 2004, it's nearly 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A long time to be dealing with all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And for, like, if you think about sort of, like, your age as well and going that's through what we call your prime years in a sense, you know, like that's from, like, your like what what would you have been, like, your late teens or something, like um, through to early 20s, through your 20s, early 30s. Like, that's a... That's a big chunky life. And I don't know, like I sometimes say that to people now and they're like, oh, like my young, like early 20s, that was so fun and this and that. I'm like, mine was shit. I was like, mine was <laughs> awful. Like I would, I never want to go back to that person. I don't want to live, relive that last 10 years of experiences. Like I'm like, yeah, sure, there was elements that were great. But overall, I feel like coming into my 30s, my health is the best it's ever been and I'm like I'm really happy transitioning out of that kind of shitty I know it's growth and I know you learn and lots all this stuff but yeah it's and same for you and then to go through all that the mental load the mental load of juggling of pushing of asking questions of trying new supplements of getting gaslighted by the medical system mm. which you have again and again and being told I want to say almost those real simple solutions in the sense that just eat a low fiber diet and that's what you've got to do. Like there's just, there's never a broader explanation around it. Or like I said, just them simply not knowing. And then you being like, well, if you don't know, then how do I know? And then where do we go from here? Exactly. And I think, you know, the medical gaslighting, I didn't even know what that was (laughs) until more recently as well, because I don't think that terminology existed um, when I was really going through the thick of this stuff, right? And I mean, <clears throat> I've presented with in in so much pain that it's caused so much drama in the ER that they've cut me open, right? So just remembering that and then going to being an outpatient, um, going and seeing gastroenterologists. And I've been told by two different gastroenterologists. So the first one was he just could not figure it out. Um, and at the end was like, look, 85% of Australians live with undiagnosed, um, stomach issues and you're one of those people. So yeah, treat a patient like a statistic, right? So 
that was left a really poor taste in my mouth, obviously. And then um, I kind of was like, okay, there's no point in following up the specialist. Went and saw another gastroenterologist working through you because of some of my results coming back that were concerning. And I, I wrote very clearly that I didn't want to have that same experience. And I, I, you're not good at like, how does this happen? That at the end of my appointment, he basically said, well, he said to me, at the end of the day, we're all just statistics. So if you're, you know, if your kind of issues aren't falling into this um, bunch of statistics, so I can't tell you what it is. And I was, and I just, yeah, I really struggle with the way the the medical system is set up because I don't feel like it's supportive. I felt more like, um, oh, you're just trying to tick a box and and move me along the the conveyor belt. Um, and the only person that I had who I really pushed was my GP, bless her, who has been quite supportive through this process. Um, that she just got to a point, she was like, "Look, we're getting to the point where, under the training that I've had, I can't really help you anymore." And, you know, she was quite frank with me to say, you can come to me when you get sick and I can help you. I can give you medication or, you know, if you cut yourself or something like that, there's definitely, I believe, room for for them, you know, for the um, modern medicine, public medical system. Um, but it's more reactive and not once have has my GP or any of the gastroenterologists or anyone spoken to me about my diet, about the way that I um, live my lifestyle, none of that stuff, no preventative measures or suggestions about changing any of that. Mm. Um, other than the usual, oh, have you tried FODMAP? Have you tried cutting out gluten? Like all of that, but all just guesswork. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the yeah. reality was when you ran some of the functional testing, there was a lot of evidence for your symptoms in a sense like I think back to your reports and you're definitely more on the extreme end of client that I see I don't typically see a lot of people like you quote unquote but (laughs) you know coming into it you never really know because everyone presents with similar symptoms you know like and obviously you've got more of a complex background but and the same token you can have 10 people come into the program and they can all have stomach pain and constipation and then some have autoimmune markers and a lot of inflammation like you and some literally have nothing except a little bit of undergrown bacteria so it's not to you run that test but then across the board with you you can kind of see how many different inflammatory signals there were of your body going hey we've been fighting stuff we've been fighting stuff for a while when we've got infections we need you to treat and there's that whole autoimmunity kind of aspect so it's it's yeah it's frustrating not getting those answers from the medical system but at the same time you understand that's not their area of expertise but what would be awesome is them for them to say like maybe we don't know but hey go you know yeah. go see a functional gp or or someone else who's specialized in that rather than going you are a statistic goodbye we'll take your three four hundred dollars and like just <laughs> thanks yeah 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 definitely definitely so I think my last experience as you know the uh, gastroenterologist was just absolutely shocking um I was on a wait list to get an appointment for I think two to three months so they I'd sent all my all the test results that I'd done with you across them I'd highlighted exactly what we needed to look at which was my calprotectin which was an inflammatory marker that was off the charts um and when I went in uh, they asked me to pay first, pay you $300 first before you go into the appointment. 
I went in um, and I sat down and then he hadn't looked at my reports or anything prior, three months you had. And then the first thing he says to me is, I can't, um, I can't consult off these results because they're not results done through the Medicare system or through the public medical medical um, system. So, and my response to him was, do you think you could have told me that in the last three months before I paid $300 and walked through this um, door into your office? And he was kind of taken aback because, uh, yeah, I've just gotten to that point now where I'm just not going to take any of that crap. And and he was like, oh, no, no, we'll still we'll still try to help you. So I sat there for a good part of an hour while he took me back to my childhood and talked me through from day dot all of the issues and symptoms that I've experienced. And at the end of it, he just said to me, I don't think you have SIBO, completely disregarding the results that I had sent him. Um, and he said, I think you just have a really bad case of constipation. Mind you, I don't have constipation anymore. And I didn't at that time when I went to him because of the work that I've done with you. Um, and when I tried to, because uh, he was like, I don't know how to read these reports, which also was really surprising to me because I haven't been to medical school and I don't have a PhD, but I can read those reports. So that was really frustrating. And I tried to offer to him to say, do you want to go through the reports together and I can talk you through what I've discussed with my functional nutritionist? He was not having it. He was like, no, I can't work off these reports. There's certain um, guidelines that testing and a lot of these testing facilities uh, don't follow the protocol and the guidelines and they're not trustworthy, basically, is what he was trying to say. So essentially, he took my $300, sat there and gaslighted me for nearly an hour and basically just bagged out anybody that I was working with that was actually helping me. Um so I kind of left there and then I tried to email again after I went and had a look at the reports and I was like, look, this is the CalProtectin number. Um, and I requested for him to review again and he refused to acknowledge my um, request for a second review and was just like, my opinion hasn't changed and I've sent a letter to UGP after I'd followed up. So he hadn't sent the letter to my GP after my appointment because I'd already seen my GP before I emailed him again. So really frustrating um, to go through something like that and be treated like a statistic. And, you know, I was able to speak up for myself and, you know, if I want to take it further, I know the steps that I need to do to take that further. Uh, but I think about the amount of people that would go in and pay, you know, it's not cheap to see a specialist um, and especially with cosy living at the moment. So, you know, you can't, the people that might go in there and not be able to speak up for themselves because I know, you know, culturally, like my parents and things like that, we're taught or they tried to teach me, <laughs> just never really stuck, is that, you know, people in, in these positions of authority, they know best. You have to just take their word for it. I've never been a word taker and I've always been a challenger ever since I was a young girl, which probably frustrates a few people, but it's one part of me that I used to try and tone down but I think coming into my later years now it's something that I am starting to grip onto a lot more and realize how much value there actually is in being able to stand up for yourself um you might not have a PhD you might not know the ins and outs and technicalities but I do know my body and I do know how I feel and I do know the experiences that I go through and I'm not going to let anybody else tell me that my experiences are not real yeah 
and a hundred percent and I yeah I totally back that and that is the voice of empowering and educating women right yes men as well but you know women in this space going especially being a female sometimes having these conversations with males literally yesterday um a chick posted in the root cause program had gone to her gp and said i need to get some blood tests done and this and that and he was like no nah, you've just got ibs it's all in your head like and she's had pain for years severe stomach pain and he's just like no nah, you've just got to live with it like it's it's not important and she was in tears she was that upset when she got home her husband rang the clinic and was like I'm chatting to that GP because how dare he like and she's 22 23 like she's a young female trying to speak out for himself and he's just going no 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 and she's like look through my whole case history I've got family history of Crohn's and stuff like that and inflammation like I've had colonoscopies I'm not making this mm-hmm. shit up I just want some basic blood work done and similar kind of thing like there's just that real gaslighting going it's in your head and told her to take antidepressant medication that, oh my gosh which yeah. is, <laughs> like just is it's it's yeah it does my head in it's actually I'm like this is this is insane insane but then I also feel like your experiences through these last 10 20 years have pushed you into this change space and have pushed you into this area where you've really stepped into your passion as well and gone hey actually like this is partly my career this is also partly my body this is partly the change I want to pursue and things as well so it's it's that whole it's shit because I went through like similar that self-development which is unasked yeah. for. thank you very much universe but it's also, <laughs> yeah. it's also changed you as well isn't it like it's really pushed you into this space yeah, I think especially in the last year, um, you know, and even maybe a little bit before that, when I started going on my lifestyle change journey, I suppose we can call it that. I don't think I started with the intent that I have now. Um, and that has come with learning and understanding and awareness of how things work. And for me, you know, the biggest thing was I was always so externally focused and what I didn't expect through all of this was the impact that it was going to have on my mental health. So the correlation between physical and mental, I know people talk about it all the time, but the things that I'm doing now, I didn't think it was possible that I could feel the way that I feel day to day. When I think back to how, what I thought normal was before I started healing myself. Right. So that's what I thought. That's how I thought everybody felt. That's how, that's what I thought the best was going to be for me. So I think, you know, initially I was very driven by external. So wanting to look good. I remember my first goal, what I said to my coach was, I just want to be toned. And now I just laugh at myself and I totally get what he used to say back to me, that that isn't a real goal. Um, (laughs) Because what does that mean? Right. So I think for me, coming in going oh it's all about how I look externally which I was a very big external validation seeker um and I never expected how starting to heal myself and understand my body and eating properly and nourishing myself properly how much of a flow and effect that would have on my mental health my confidence my ability to to start deciphering for myself what feels right you know intuitively um like I never trusted my intuition as much as I do now. 
Um, and I just know, like I, if I'm having a bad day, yeah, okay, I've gone out and had a meal, um, which I know, I know I'm having that meal and I know what's going to come after that meal, but I'm prepared for it now, right? So I know exactly what I need to do to get back on track. Just the level of understanding and education that I have um, now got through working with you in the Root Cause program, I think just, yeah, that has just really, really, really opened up um, so much more for me um, in terms of like piqued my interest in, I never thought that I would be interested in this stuff. Like I'm talking about, like I was the biggest party girl. I didn't care about anything except going out on the weekends, you know, having the best time. Um, and look, I don't regret any of it. I mean, I do wish that I'd started on this journey a bit earlier, um, but it is what it is, right? And at what, <laughs> apparently middle age is 39, which is for me next year, um, I'm in the best shape physically and mentally that I ever would was even before you know, in my teenage years when I would was supposed to be fit. Um, yeah, but I think I think the goal was always externally. I wanted to look good. I thought a size six was what my ideal goal body was. Now there is no way that I want to be a size six. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that small. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and and I'm more driven internally. Like I'm so much more with my training. It's not about. Uh, I want to, I'm so focused on body fat percentage, which I definitely was in the first maybe year and a half of my journey. Um, I was so focused on that number and how low I could get it. And now I'm like, no, now I just want to eat more food and just watch myself grow. And just the energy and the way that I feel that comes off the back of that um, and cutting out all the, you know, harmful triggers are just don't even get me started on the supermarket and all the stuff that is being sold there and just how much crap, even when I think about when I was younger, what my mum would buy and bring home. And obviously that's a massive education thing, right? So we grew up in, I grew up in Fiji. Um, so even less education there from a health um, perspective. I mean, so yeah, it's just wild to me how, what is marketed as healthy and what is actually healthy is just, yeah, blows my mind. Yeah, and that's pushed you into creating your own little health space change zone, which is your little Instagram account, which I just love because I'm like it's it's what happens when people start smaller Instagrams like that is you connect with your friends and community and, and things, but people can see your journey, but you also, I don't know, so often we we still don't always have these conversations. Like there's so many of my family and friends who didn't know what I went through till I started my business and really started talking about my journey and stuff like that. And even now, like I'll tell my mum stuff and she'll be like, really? Like, did you like, was it that bad? Was it that painful? Was it that this and that? And I'm like, yeah, it was, but we don't talk about it at the time as much because a you don't want to be that person all the time who's always whinging or can't mm -hmm. eat certain things or isn't going out or or you're drinking and you're partying and you're not thinking about it as much but then you have this retrospective process which you kind of you go through and then you become like you are really empowered and starting to become educated in a range of areas because you've worked with different people you've done different programs you know what works for you you know what doesn't work for you and you become 
yeah, you become a good source of information for other people who are just at the start. Like they're just looking going, oh, wow, she's there now. Look, you know, what great shape she's in. And you're like, yeah, but it took me 20 years to get here. Let me show and share that journey. And I feel like that's where you're sort of stepping into that space now and learning or or not even learning, but helping educate people on those change zones, which, you know, you've talked about briefly before. Yeah, so change zone, you know, I think the with the world of so, social media, it's really interesting that we're talking about this right now because I was talking about this with my husband last night about what it is and, you know, people have asked me, well, what do you want it to be? And at this point in time, I don't actually really have a fully formed idea about what I want it to be. I'm very big on just trying something and watching how it goes organically and then I realized also, like, I don't care about having a massive following or, you know, the number of followers, number of likes, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, if that stuff comes, that's probably just, you know, a cherry on the top. But I'm, I am I've realized actually I'm doing it for me more than for anybody else to show myself that, um, you know, I can be in these public forums and put myself out there and not feel so cringe, which is something that I really struggle with because I massive seeker of external validation and I never realized um because I think a lot of people have said to me you always come across as so confident and put together oh my god it is like freak city inside like I am just screaming (laughs) and running around hitting the walls I have no idea what I'm doing just holding it together um so I'm really good at putting that facade on, but it's starting to go away. The facade and the internal and external is starting to connect a lot more for me. And I'm starting to give less of a shit of what other people think, which is really, really great. So that's why I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I, you know, if I have one follower, I have five followers, I'm still going to post because I'm doing it for me. I want to share my story. If it cha- if it reaches one person and they take something away from it and it makes their day, that that is amazing. Like to be able to have an impact on one single person. And I think in this day and age of social media, because of the mass followings that people are able to gain, it becomes a statistic, which is the thing that I'm trying to fight against, right? Like I don't want people to feel like statistics. I want people to know that you are a person with a whole life and a whole story and a whole future ahead of you and you deserve to live that at your fullest potential how can you do that and I think the biggest thing for me um going on this journey it's opened up this whole wide world that I never even knew existed of like people so many people by the way which I had no idea that are on this more preventative and you know preventative side and focus on longevity and not wanting to just take a pill to fix a problem really quickly they want to be in there they want to understand why Um, and they want to understand what they can do and be empowered to learn and grow and support themselves. So the idea of that radical accountability just sticks with me. I I absolutely love that. And I think, you know, starting um, in the Root Cause program with you, I definitely reflect on that. And I've shared this with you, of course, that I don't think I was very accountable. I kind of came in and expected you to fix it for me but I didn't realize how much value there actually is in learning and understanding because the empowerment that gives me and the growth that that gives me to be able to then compound and keep going and learning more and opening, you know, making my world bigger in this space as well. So exciting. It's just, it's just really weird because since I, um, 
you know, made the page, uh, the profile public, which has only been a couple of weeks now, random things have just started happening. And it's just like, okay, it feels like this is the right thing for me to do. And all these different interesting opportunities have started coming up. Like this, obviously, sorry, lost in the pod. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to happen on the big jobs. Um, Yeah, so, so like, you know, having this podcast with you, um starting to talk to you more about all these different things um I, there's a couple of other uh you know like workshops and programs that are starting to pop up and appear that I'm thinking of going on and yeah I just want to I just want to explore and I don't want to do it for money or for the following or anything like that like I genuinely want to do it because I have such a deep interest in it now yeah but here's the thing right people are drawn to you because you have this energy around you, this this confidence and these things that people see and they want. And whether it's like part of it is like, yes, this is really who I am, but sometimes I'm shitting myself on the inside too, like which is, you know, like what I have on days. I'm like, you're just showing up and people are like, you're so confident. And I'm like, yeah, but I it's not like that all the time at all but you have these energies that people are drawn to you but then they also listen to you that also inspired to you but once you start doing that there's there's that ripple effect I'm drawn to you I'm drawn to your light there's other people who are then people like Courtney people like Jem and you start Mm. connecting with these women and you realize we're all the same and we all want the same thing to have Courtney you me Jem like some of these amazing women in a room together like I just think of the change and then the energy yeah. in a room like that because people are attracted to that because they want that because they see like answers in that right like they see what you go through and you you openly admit the other day health's a journey it's never going to be perfect things change all the time like this is this is not the end now this is not the end of my journey and off I go and live my fairy tale it's like shit's gonna happen yeah. I've got a lot of years ahead of me still but it's people who are like who were 20 years back, who were just at the start going, I've got all this pain, there's gaslighting and no one's listening to me, are looking, you know, ahead going, oh, okay, there, there is solutions, I can change things, but then also mindset shifts, what am I doing it for, external validation, like all those big things that we all hold on to and relate to because we yeah. all have that inner child shit and other stuff that we're working through so it's you're right once you start opening some doors like and change zone is a small example of that but you open yourself up to that and you open yourself to sharing your story and coming on a podcast and questioning things and doing stuff then yeah I feel like more doors open and I see that with my business too the more I put myself out there or connect with other people who are in that similar, like how can we create change and help people? Then it's, yeah, then things just seem to happen. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely feel like going on this journey has brought me more in alignment. Like I, I have no idea what my purpose is, but sometimes, you know, I was, obviously I'm reading this book, which I've gone on to you about, um, the mountain is you. And I never realized how much self-sabotaging I had been doing over the years because yeah. I didn't understand a lot of the behaviors as self-sabotage. Um, so just, you know, there's definitely been a lot of inner work that I have been doing um, to really start to know myself again and really understand who I am as a person, because I have become so disconnected with that. Um, 
and I feel like when I started on this uh, healing journey with you, that has just brought me into alignment and opened up all of that stuff for me. So, you know, now my purpose can just be to be here, like be here right now in this moment doing what I'm doing. I don't need a big, you know, like I need to be the Dalai Lama going out and <laughs> none of that. Do you know what I think? And, and and for me, it's like we put so much pressure on ourselves that there always has to be an outcome. There always has to be something at the end that you're achieving and it's got to be done in a really certain way that's perfect, which is everything that I used to believe two, three years ago. Um, definitely not the way that I think now, uh, which I feel is quite a big shift in my mindset. So mm -hmm. even just being okay to be like, I'm just going to try different things, put myself out there and meet new people and just understand how the community really works in, in this interesting space of preventative. I don't even, you can't even call it preventative medicine. I feel like it's a preventative lifestyle or <laughs> that doesn't even sound right. Um, but it, but just knowing that there's so many like-minded people out there that are on this journey, it just it just really does make me excited and think about maybe there is hope that in the future it will change and we won't just be going to the GP, popping pills, making ourselves even sicker because we don't know what's in the pills and, yeah, just ruining, you know, the way that we are built. And, yeah, look, I don't want to jinx it, but it is coming up on a year and I haven't gotten sick. And my problem coming into you was my low immunity because I kept falling sick. So knock on wood that, um, yeah. <laughs> um, that, yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Well, I think, I, yeah, I, I love that. I feel like we could chat all day and cover like a million yeah. topics. <laughs> but for those listening, it is um, to follow Shell's journey and just be inspired as I am. It's underscore change underscore zone on Instagram. Um, but otherwise, yeah, reach out to her, ask her questions, reach out to me, ask questions. And then I guess the big take home here is don't just take one sort of answer from your GP as as your golden ticket and going, this is what it is. And I have to live with that. And as you see from Shell's journey, questioning stuff, answering questions, taking control and just continually to adjust and adapt with the information you've got, I think is, is going to be your key here. So thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, and I really hope that somebody, you know, even one person takes something away from this and open to anybody reaching out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.